You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweets to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game and finesse it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. Shane, what up, man? What up? You got a different background today. What's up, man? Chilling, homie. Uh, yeah, I'm down at the school. I decided this morning that I needed some me time. So I came and I said, don't call me until noon. Don't text me. Don't call me until noon. So that's where I'm at. Do you get me time often? Um, No, no, not at all. Um, And I mean, I guess you could say, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of weird because I, I do work a lot. But mm-hmm. Like most of the time when I'm not at work, Christian's with me. So it is like you it's hard to get anything done when you got a four-year-old bouncing boy around you. So I just, you know, like this week we moved into the crib. So um Yeah, congrats, man. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, we moved into the crib. So Tuesday didn't get much done. Wednesday, Thursday, I kept them because he was out of daycare and didn't get much done. And then yesterday my mom decided she's coming down to help us move. Mm. You feel me? So, like, I took another day. So I said, "Listen, y'all down. I'm good. Don't call me until 12." And I, I woke up about seven, and I came up here, dropped some stuff at, at the new crib, and just came up here to get some stuff done. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta develop that to where I just get some me time. I don't know how to do that. I haven't figured that that part out. Because what ends up happening when I say like I'm gonna take off, like example, this upcoming Monday, I said I'm gonna take off for the holiday. And mm-hmm. when I said it, I'm like, yeah, I get some me time. But immediately my mind goes to, I can get work done. I can be working on my site. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I'm like, I'm up at this school more than I would like to admit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm here more than I would like to admit. Well, I tell you what, maybe our guest today will help us figure out how to get me time. I want to bring, I want to bring her in so that our audience can can see this phenomenal person. So I'm going to introduce, give you her rundown, her resume of who she is. First off, we're talking to the owner and founder of Freedom Riders, and I'll let her explain what Freedom Riders is. But she is a motivational speaker who specializes in personal and professional development. She is a mental and emotional freedom coach. If you never heard of what that what that is, I promise you, you want to get free. Um, now, one of the things that she emphasizes when working with clients is that she has this unwavering passion to help guide people who are struggling to get over their trauma. And I guarantee you, there's a lot of people out there who need help getting over their trauma. And you're talking to a coach today, ordained minister, wife, and mother of four. Please welcome Miss Ariana. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Every time I hear people read that, I'm like, whoa, that's so much. And I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it out of awful control of what I put in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You gave us the, the ammo and then you get embarrassed. Okay. I do. Every time. Every time I come on the camera, like, it's funny. But I'm so excited to be here. Man, we glad to have you. You know, we we've made this connection. Ooh, it's been a couple months now, right? We've been rocking together. Yes, yes. I think we figured out the other day why we might have been paired, or at least one of the reasons. You know what? What I found out after I sent you like that screen record, I was like, oh, okay, it's like a it's like a thing. We gotta it's like a brother sister thing. We gotta figure this thing out together. But the facts, the facts. Um, it's I I pray for these type of connections, so I'm like. I'm with it. Like you both, the, I'm like, let's do it. Let's go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are talking about getting me time. Are you someone who is intentional about getting me time? <laughs> Cause I ain't even a question. Let me tell you something. Shane, I heard you talk about your four year old. I got four. Okay. Yeah. Four. Okay. So <laughs> one for every year of your son. I got four and Vic, I think you got two. Yep. Vic is kind of out the weeds with us. I don't know why yeah. he don't got no me time because he's out the weeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. 
you get too much time on your hands. And so you got to fill it with something because the, the kids don't want nothing to do with you. They grow. They uh, offer on their own. Right. Misconception. You don't have to fill it with anything. I think we get panicked because we're so used to doing so much. Like, I'm going to tell you, this is so funny. When all my kids are gone, so they range from 3 to 11. It's one boy. That's my dog. Like, he's me all day. The girls, I could pack them up. I could pack them up and send them away. It's just a lot. But I love them to death. It's so funny that I'm very intentional about me time. But it's like, I want me time with like other people in my space. When my house is empty, I'm like sitting around. It's good for like two hours. Like two hours, I'm like, oh yeah, this is dope. Like three, four, I'm like, what am I going to do? It's so interesting because you're used to all of the the chaos and the, the, the chaos. That's why I said the the misconception of you got to fill the time. Let me tell you something. My husband can strangle me ten million times. I ask for me time, and then I get it, and I'd be like, "What you doing? Where where you?" <laughs> nah, that's what you asked for, right? But you know, He's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't know. But you know, when your kids are younger, and I remember this, you know, they they fill your time, they fill your schedule. Mm-hmm. When they get older they become the people you groom them to be. You right. groom them to be independent, to go off and do great things, to, to live their life right and do it safely. And as a parent, the transition is, okay, so how do you need me now? And it's a struggle trying to figure out how you how they need you in those you know early 20s to mm. 30s even. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to fill your time. Otherwise, you go crazy because then you'll be like, hey, what you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're in that? They're like, leave me alone. You <laughs> chill. <laughs> too much. Too much. I agree. That's, what, that's how my mom did me when I went off to college. I was like, you've got to stop calling me. And I remember I remember I called my grandfather. I called my grandfather on my mom because I was like, she's too much. And my mom called me so brokenhearted. Like, you call my mom. Snitch. And I was like, I didn't know how to tell you that, like, you can't call my phone every two seconds. Like, that's a lot. Like, I need, I need some personal space. I think me time is important, like, um, one, because you have to learn you, right? That's that's the reason why we keep filling with stuff is because we haven't learned us. That's what I found. I found in, in talking and coaching is that when you don't know you and you don't know what you like and you kind of lost yourself in titles, like of being a father, being a mother, you know, being a, a wife, a husband, whatever, then when it comes to just you, you don't know who you are in that space. Cause it's like, yeah. you fig- you find out that you based who you are off of external things. Mm-hmm. And so I will purposely put myself in spaces where I have to be by myself to stay in touch with myself. Because truth of the matter is our kids gonna get grown and they gonna leave. And when they leave, I don't wanna be personally me. I don't wanna be that parent that goes through like a depressed space because my kids want, you know, went on to live their life. And I also don't want to be that calling every five seconds, stopping them from enjoying, you know, their, their life. So listen, I know I'm a, I'm a travel, I'm a, whatever I need to do to make me feel like I'm not attached to my titles, you know, cause before we were titled, we were us. And I think that's where <clears throat> me time is important, especially if it's uncomfortable for you. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Attached to your titles. Ooh, people struggling with that. Shane, I want to get us into this this episode. It's going to be a good one. Like always, you take us down this familiar place. What blew your mind this week? So super dope as I was listening. um, Everybody's path is not necessarily your path. And everybody's way of uh, the way they do things. Um, is not necessarily how it works for you. Like two two examples. The first thing when I when I said me time at the beginning, I, I kind of said it the way I did intentionally because for me, me time is when I have un- uninterrupted time just to work mm. on what mm. I like to get done. Um, and it's because I find if I don't get that me time to work, every other everything else is thrown off. Like when I have my son, I can't focus on just spending time with him because my mind is on that work. Or when I have my son and I'm trying to get odd jobs done, it, it doesn't really, you know what I'm saying? So for yeah. me personally, me time is um, 
just that clear space where no distractions you can work another example when i say everybody's path is not necessarily your path i'm a blessed individual so i don't want anybody to think differently but the other day when i was moving in i was talking to my cousin and you know we were on the whatsapp and i was showing her the crib and she was like oh my god you're living the american dream and i and i and i looked at her and i just said hmm not my dream and we get fed these things of this is what it's supposed to be. You do this, you do that. Then you do this, you do that, you do this. Not that anything's wrong with that. But there are so many of us that are petrified about going a different direction and doing their own thing. Like, what if my goal wasn't to own a house? What if my goal was to own a block? Right now, that house is in the way. You feel me? So... Everybody's path is not necessarily a path, and your path is decided between your God and you, or whatever you believe in, and you. Me on this side, I go with God, but whatever you believe in, and you, and and, and we gotta stop letting society and other people define that. Ooh, what if my path was to own a block and the house is in the way? Ooh. Let me tell you something. Don't ask me what blew my mind because that was it. That was it. We're done here. That <laughs> <laughs> was. Love. I mean. Touch on that, Ari. The the quote. Your your say it again, Shane. What was it? I don't remember. Your path, path is not. Oh, my path is to own a block and no, no, no. not just your, the house. Your path is not everybody's path. What was what? Yeah, oh, the quote. Everybody's path is not necessarily your path. Mm-hmm. Ari, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it's funny because I <clears throat> I was saying that's just like that where I say, um, you need to define what your version of success is. Nobody can define that for you. And what we get messed up is we're chasing somebody else's version of success and we're finding ourselves unhappy, unfulfilled, frustrated, and all of these things because at the end of the day, success may not mean billions in the bank for me. Success may mean a happy whole family and we're all together and we're so tight knit that no matter what happens, we've got each other's back. That could mean my bank account does sit at a billion dollars or it could sit at $10 as long as I have that. That's success for me. And I think Shane said it perfectly, like, drop the mic. Like, what if my thing is to own the blog? Like, mm-hmm. it's funny in my family. Um, my aunt, she she literally is a billionaire, but she manifested this thing. But one thing she she said, she want to have a home for each one of her children. That was her thing, right? And we've always talked about owning a, a, a community where all of our families had homes. But see, like, when you're not surrounded by people who even think on that level, like he said, he got on the phone with his cousin and was like, American dream. It's like, it does make you like, it make you like, oh, it's like, I wish I could break their limits off your mind because those are limits. Mm-hmm. And and I've, I, I feel that like even in my spaces, when I speak, I'm like, I don't want to define your level of success and you shouldn't let nobody define what success is for you. You need to define that for yourself. So whatever you're working towards, I think that's the difference of giving up and fighting. When you feel like when you have adapted somebody else's version, you'll give up. It'll get too hard. When you create your version though, because it's it's tied to something deep in you and you have a reason, you know why, you will push past every adversity. So I, I, I love that. I think it's phenomenal. And it just shows how you can see the difference of when people have an uncapped, uncapped mind and a capped mind mm-hmm. when you have a ceiling and you don't have a ceiling yeah it's such a difference it's a, it's a different conversation it's a different perception so i'm i'm, I'm with it i love that he, awesome. he blew my mind i love that i love that let's do this let's let the people lean into you a little bit let's learn about your journey i want you to start with Start wherever you want. Tell us about your journey and how you got to this space that you're in now to be a freedom coach and owner of the Freedom Riders. <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me. It was a fight. <laughs> like hmm. it was a fight. So I came, let's see. I battled depression for about five years and suicidal thoughts. Um so I've been married twice. Um, well, I've been divorced once and I've been remarried. I'll say it that way because it just sounds weird the other way. But when I when I went through my first marriage, it was very, 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 very hard. It was super, super hard. And it kind of confirmed all my worst fears of, of being in a marriage or relationship as far as like, you know, 
um, infidelity and all kind of stuff. It confirmed all my worst fears. And that started the spiral of me going into such a dark space. And it's funny because I've always been this person, like who loves to talk, who loves to encourage. Like I've always been that person. But it's interesting when that person goes into the black hole. And what I've realized is depression is also no respective person. It don't matter how high you are. It don't matter, um, you know, even, even your makeup in the sense, because I believe I've always been this way. I've always been this person to the people I've been connected with as a pusher, as a motivator, but it slapped me in the face very, very hard. And I like to always say I survive mental warfare because let me tell you something about depression. That thinking is so bad that it's tormenting. It's mentally tormented. So I was addicted to sleeping pills. Like I couldn't go to sleep. I was, I, I cried so much that it kept me up. You know, you sometimes you cry and you fall asleep. No, like I, I cried so much. I was going through mentally and, and going through that mental trauma, that battle so much that I was drinking. I was doing, I was doing all these things. And the hard part about it is, you know, in, in our culture, um, it's not okay for you to be depressed over a man or, or that situation. It's not okay. So I have the most amazing family and support system, but I was alone. I was so alone. I was so by myself. Um, then I ended up fighting a little bit out of it and got remarried. And then we went through our own struggles and I was three kids and it was worse, which is why I, I try to tell people you can't build over trauma because that doesn't exist. Because eventually, you think of it like a tree. When you plant a tree, the roots are always deeper than what you see, right? And I think the Bible says it like this, the wheat and the tear grew together. And that's what happens when you try to build over trauma, is that you're trying to grow and trauma's right behind it, and it tries to suffocate. And you're still trying to grow and it's trying to suffocate. And, and I thought that I had worked through all the trauma from the first divorce. I thought I did. And a lot of people, we find ourselves there where you thought you did the work, but you didn't uproot it. You just cut the tree down and you saw, and it was a stump. And if you don't uproot it, it will always have the potential to grow back up. So when I got remarried and I'm going through, I mean, I just reached rock bottom and it wasn't acceptable to say, I'm having suicidal thoughts. Like you're a mom, you got three kids. It always get me like choked up. So if I cry, you know, but it wasn't acceptable to say I'm having suicidal thoughts because I went through a divorce and people don't understand when you go through the divorce, you're ripping apart one. It is literally killing off a half of you, whether it was traumatic, whether they were abusive or whatever. Like I have such a different level of respect for people who are in abusive relationships. I know we look at them like oh, you can get out. But at the end of the day, when you decide to make a covenant, it don't change because you made the wrong covenant. The, you know what I mean? The scripture of your one, that don't change because you decided to marry the wrong one. You just decided to become one with the wrong thing. And so it was not acceptable for me to mourn, it wasn't acceptable for me to say like, I don't feel like I could keep going. So it was one of the loneliest spaces in my life and I was surrounded by so many people. Like, and that's wild to me. And it got to the point where, you know, you said I'm an ordained minister. Like I said, I wrote this thing and every time it blows my mind. But one thing that was so crazy, I went to church every Sunday. I didn't miss a Sunday service and I stayed in it for five years, five years. I didn't miss one Sunday service because what I knew was that was keeping me alive. It was like being on life support. You know what I mean? And sometimes I think, you know, that's how people battle with addiction because it feels like that's your life support. So you stay on it. So I was addicted to the church because I was like, I know that's my, well, to God, because I know that's my life source. And so people, you know, everybody kept saying, you just pray through it. Babe, let me tell you something. That whole, that whole, you just pray through it. That's when people don't have the answer. They don't, they don't, we don't know what else to tell you other than to rely on God. And so um, it got to a space where I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I'm good. So I was at my apartment one day at the time by myself. And I remember it was a white pillow at that. I had a, like, I was crying. I was screaming. I was praying because I had did all the things that I thought was right. You know what I mean? And I couldn't understand, like, why am I still here? 
I had a knife on one end. I had pills on another and I had alcohol in front of me. I had all the things that I thought would take me out. And, um, I remember like screaming and praying, like, I just can't, I can't do it. And it's interesting because, you know, this is why I'm passionate about people who deal with trauma and making spaces for them to be heard because we have this saying, and I think all spaces like your kids should be enough. And what people don't understand is when you get to that type of space, it wasn't that my kids wasn't enough. It's that I wasn't enough for them. Mm. Mm. To be enough for somebody else. Mm. I didn't feel valuable enough for them because in my mind, I just went through a divorce, my marriage, my, my, you know, the marriage I'm in right now. And I married my best friend and, um, and we're good. Like we still married. So just want to go ahead and put that out there. But I, I, I wasn't getting that right. Right. And so people, people have all these things that they say that they don't realize the psyche of what you're really thinking. Cause for me, I didn't feel good enough for them. It wasn't that they weren't worth it. I felt like I wasn't worth it. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like crying and praying. Like, I don't think I've ever said it that way. I think that's why I got me messed up. Cause I don't think I've ever that's said it right. that way. That's all right. You all right. And, um, I was just like, I can't do it. And of course, thank God I'm still here. So it didn't work. You know, the enemy can't take me out. I, I knew I was a David. I just had to tap into it, right? Um, but the next day when I woke up or the next moment or whatever, the one thing that I heard was, if you're still here, you still have purpose. Period. Mm -hmm. So every day that I continue to give you breath in your body, that means you have value. And that was the moment that started me understanding that the fact that you wake up and breathe is value. See, so many of us battle with that feeling invaluable, like I'm valuable and that I, I, I don't feel like anything. But if we could take the simplest thing of when you open your eyes, that gives you the step of approval of you got value. Because if not, then why are you here? You know, we just coming out of COVID. We know there's a lot of people who didn't make it. Right. Like, I feel like we need COVID survivor t-shirts. Those should be going like hotcakes because, yo, we all survived, you know? And so from that day to this day, I, I push every single day. And, and what really got me was that, you know, the Lord was like, I did say I would never leave you nor forsake you, right? That's the facts. But I also told you faith without works is dead. And so what you thought was you can put, you thought you can outweigh the scale, you thought you could put so much faith on it that you could diminish the work and it, it, it never worked for me. It never worked. So you ask yourself, how can people in the church or wherever be so depressed? Well, because we're trying to outweigh the scale with so much faith and act like the principle don't say put in work. So I had to every single day make a different decision. And the way I explain it is if I cried in my bed one day, I cried on my couch the next. And then after that, like the next day, I cried in my car. And what you start to see is when you balance the scale, change happens. And so I now know that he never left me. He was there every time I was going through. But at the end of the day, if I didn't decide to do nothing different other than just lay in the bed, well, that's on me. You know, that's, that, was, that was me trying to outweigh the scale of faith and think that I could faith my way through something without any work and you can't and you just can't so that's how i got here because while i was going through those things uh, and i'm a release <laughs> but um one thing that that god did tell me while i was in the thick of depression and fighting he said i was like well i don't understand why like when i went through my first divorce i didn't understand why i thought i did you know i felt like i did everything right and he was like nah i need you to go through this for somebody else all right so all right um yeah, there was so much in there. It was. I wrote down a couple of different things. So I wrote down change happens when you balance the scale. If you're still here, you have purpose. The question of why am I still here as you look at your journey, right? Can't build over trauma. Yeah. All right, Ari. So that was, man, that was, there was so much in your journey up to this point and sharing with us about you know, how you got here. 
And what I think is probably important now, we talk about the present day. Who who are you now? You are you're the owner and founder of Freedom Riders. You are a motivational speaker, which there's thousands of speakers out there. I'm a speaker, right? So talk to us. How how did you become a speaker and come to found Freedom Riders? And how did your journey up to this point impact that? Yeah. So Freedom Riders was kind of what I got when I really got free of all my trauma um, because it was something about you You kind of feel like you need all these other things to make you feel good about yourself. So, so you start searching for all these external things. And what I realized was um, when you get free in your mind, in your soul, in your spirit, when you get free, there's nothing... There's, there, you don't need nothing else. You don't need nothing else. So it was, when I got out of that, it was a breath of like freedom, not externally, but internally. Like, I feel like I didn't have no chains. Like, I feel like I was loosed. So that's where the freedom riders came from was it was like, oh man, I got to get people to understand what it feel like to be loosed. Like, it's such a different feeling to not feel like you need everybody to validate you. It's such a different feeling to feel like you don't, you don't base your value off of who rah-rah or who cheer you want. Like it was that that I felt. And because um, I came from always, um, I don't want to say depending on people, but people always made me feel less than. So when I finally felt like valuable and I didn't feel that, it was a freedom to it. So, so that. Well, I was just going to say, is that the moment then that you felt like you found your purpose? Yeah. Yes. When I finally reached the freedom phase, yes. But but I want to say this, in the in the fight, I already knew my purpose was to expose my story to help other people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was just I had to get through the fight. That's what a lot of people miss. Like we're we're searching externally for our purpose. Purpose is inside. It's something you tap into. It's never something you got to go find. It's not. Agreed. You're born with it. So I knew that what I was going through was meant to help other people. I just had to get through it. So so I feel like I figured out purpose in the midst of the struggle, but I walked in my purpose once I got to freedom. That's when I started walking in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. And, and that's the premise of the show, really and truly. Like this, this journey for us and helping people to, as the intro says, discover walk in and ultimately fulfill your purpose comes through shared experiences. Mm -hmm. That's why we talk to so many people from so many different walks of life and background. I mean, us as, as hosts, yes, we have been friends for more than 20 years, but we took two very different paths and still found ourselves at the same place, Mm. same place of purpose, the same crossroad of purpose. And as we talk to more and more people, we find that that's where they are. We all are meeting at this same place of purpose. Yep. It's crazy. It don't even matter the path that you went, but mm-hmm. through those shared experiences, by talking about them openly with other people, they themselves again can discover, walk in, and ultimately tap into their purpose. Yep. 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 Hmm. So, Freedom Riders, what is it exactly? So, it you said motivational coach, and I feel like I got to be honest because I'm I'm honest. Like, I'm vulnerable. I'm honest. I'm real. So so finally embracing that is interesting because I did think that it would cap me because I'm like, I knew that all that I fought through was like, was, and this is what I call it. It was like my GPS, right? And Freedom Riders is being able to help people strategically get through, strategically fight, you know, and, and figure out how to get over trauma or build your business or whatever. And it's interesting because I'm a person who needs that. Like I need a plan. I don't, don't give me, I need the steps. I need the steps. You know, so many times people are like, Oh, you, and that's, it's a direct reflection of what I came out of because all people gave me was pray, pray about it. But nobody told me like, Hey, listen, what you need to do is, you know, I know you, you don't feel like it today, but get out of bed and just go, you know, I didn't have, they didn't give me strategies. So freedom riders and, and me being a motivational coach, it's like, 
I first got to shift your mindset. We got to deal with your perception. We got to deal with what you think. We got to deal with the trauma. But I also want to give you like steps. So when we get off the phone, when we get off, because I'm this type of person, I'm a solutionist. Don't come to me with a problem. We're not getting a solution. Hang it up. Because that just means we're just talking. We're just talking to hear ourselves talk. And people don't understand. The more you hear yourself talk and just talking to be talking, you're getting yourself in a deeper hole. So Freedom Riders for me is... I'm going to help you break the chains. I'm going to help you get out of it, but in a strategic way. So we got to get off the phone with, all right, so I need you to create, you know, one thing I say is like your avatar, who you want to be. Because if you don't know who you want to be, we can't go nowhere. That's why I call it the GPS, because in order to use a GPS, you got to have where you're starting from and where you're going. Mm. And what happens is we just get stuck on where we're at but we want to go somewhere. Where is that you want to go? You want to go to the store? You want to go to the mall? Like you can't get, you can't open up your GPS and be like, I want to go somewhere. It's not like, okay, I'm like that's great. <laughs> where you want to go? And it's not going to give you no plans. It's not going to give you no direction until you tell it, I'm trying to go to, I'm in Houston, Texas. I'm trying to go to the Galleria Mall. That's when it's going to give it. So that's what Freedom Riders is. It's that GPS from, okay, this is where you at, but where you want to be. So a lot of that is, um, I think a lot of that is navigating who you are, what you want to be. And I think that's the gap. How do you allow people to find that space? Because I, I think, like, you know, like Vic said, 20-year friendships were kind of in the same spot, but the past looks different. So for every each individual is going to look different. And especially if we're telling people that you have to choose your path. So mm-hmm. how, how does that, how is that all connected? Well, see, that's where I think the motivational coaching part of me go, like what I, you know, talking you through, because I got to get you through the weeds first. Everybody, you know, but your life is so crowded with the weeds, you can't see, right? So what you're saying is absolutely right. How do you get somebody to even identify? I got to start dealing with your roots. Let's talk about your trauma. What happened? Where did this, this negative talk come from? feel like you're not valuable where that self-doubt come from that's how we get there and and i find a lot of times that's what i work the hardest for that's why i like so i do personal and business development but i don't believe you can build a business without doing personal development i don't believe it because what a lot of people do is you build your business well i'm gonna tell you why though i see you it's all good i'm gonna tell you why because if you haven't dealt with your trauma it's gonna show up Oh, no, I, but I agree with that because I wrote that down. I was yelling, sorry. I wrote that down when you wrote it. You said depression is not a respecter of persons and you can't build on trauma. I also believe that if you were put here to do something until you decide to face it, mm-hmm. there's going to be a sense of uneasiness. And there's going to there's gonna be like, for instance, if you're not taking job opportunities because you're, you're afraid to move. Right. That fear and anxiety is not going to go away until you take that step. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why I had that face. At, and I don't remember how I got here. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me add this then. So to your point, as, as you said, you can't build on top of trauma. In it. And when I first heard it, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right. But then I thought about it. Sometimes... When you're walking towards your journey, your destination, your purpose, that trauma is there to help you continue to go forward. Because looking back, right, you know the, the direction you don't want to go. If you're talking about GPS, you know I'm leaving that destination for a purpose. And you build, and build takes time. And so although you may have cut the tree down to a very low stump, they say time heals all wounds. That trauma is still there. Those roots are still there. It's just a matter of what are they holding on to? What's, what's at the surface that's strong enough for them to still thrive and grow, right? I can cut a tree down, leave the roots in the ground, but there's nothing that is connected to, especially if I put some stronger roots over top of it. So is that possible? Can you build over trauma in that instance? See, I think y'all are talking about building over the lesson from the trauma, like mm. the lesson. So here's the thing, right? Like people talk about triggers and I've had like clients ask me, it's like, well, do triggers ever go away? Some do. Some, you identify them, you understand them, and you know not to put yourself in spaces that will trigger you. So for me, I'm like, 
I don't know that you're building over trauma. Now you can't be building over lessons, right? Because if I cut myself or if I fall down, as long as, here we go, y'all ready? As long as you don't medicate the wound, it stays open, right? But if you medicate the wound, it scars over it. Now the scar don't go away. So the lesson of what happened, the reminder is what pushes me. But if I tried to keep going with an open wound, it would become infected. And that's why I don't believe you could build over trauma. Because if you don't medicate the wound, you, you risk. And this is why I say building over trauma is a problem. Because as long as I live, leave this wound open, don't medicate it, don't do anything, it may not become infected for a couple weeks. And then the infection may have been growing so deep underneath that when it's finally visible, when I finally see it, it has affected so much more than I even knew. That's why I don't feel like you can do it. I feel like what you can do is you deal with it, you treat it, right? Because, because when I say we, we try to build over trauma, we don't want to deal with it. But it's another thing to say, all right, let me look at what I've been through. Let me understand how this is affecting me and how can I get through it? How can I you know, take care of it? The scar never goes away, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's sense. like, my thing is, when I say don't build over trauma, don't sit there and not medicate this open wound because the infection may grow deeper than you even know. And then you get to the top. This is why we got, you know, people, superstars, music, committing suicide because you built over an open wound. Mm-hmm. You because never... you thought it was pushing you. It was yeah. killing you. Come yeah. on. You, you thought it was, it was driving you. It was really killing you from inside out because if you would have just dealt with it, if you would have just been real with yourself and dealt with it, you could have took care of it. And yeah, you may have the scar. See, I got scars. I don't got open wounds. Mm. Mm. So my scars, the fact that I went through depression and it, and it almost took my life says to me, I got to push harder to keep my mindset right because yeah. I know where I can go. Yeah. All right. So we got to go here. We got to go here. We had this discussion. We talk about I am statements. We talk about who you are. And the debate that we had was, are you a motivational speaker? Are you a coach? And I just heard you use the term motivational coach. And, and, and I said, you got to pick one. Let's go here. What are you? I say you don't have to pick one. But I do say you have to pick. You have to pick something. And, and here's an example. Here's an example. Um, y'all know who Vince McMahon is, right? I'm a, I'm, I'm a big wrestling guy. He hates the term when you refer to his business as the wrestling business. He gets completely offended when you call it the wrestling business. So a wise person would ask why it is wrestling. But he wants it referred to as sports entertainment. Mm. So my point is that, and it kind of goes back to what I said earlier, you don't have to define yourself to a box that society says. You don't have to be a motivational, motivational speaker or a coach. But I do believe you have to define something. And actually, in this conversation, I heard what it was. And to me, it was motivational coach, where you're taking the both of, you know, as opposed to motivational speaker. I think, and I think you and I had this conversation one time. I forgot the term that we use and I said I know a bunch empowerment of coach. empowerment coach I know a bunch of motivational speakers I know a bunch of coaches I don't know no motivational coaches and it's it's all about what you believe in as a person and the branding that you want to go with like for instance if somebody asks me hey are you in the t-shirt business nah I'm not in the t-shirt business I'm in the create and hustle business what the hell is the create and hustle business well let's talk about it you see what I'm saying yeah. so that's why I say I don't know about the box of you have to choose. I think you have to choose something. But I think for majority of people, when they keep it broad like that, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, they stuck in the place that they in. They sitting in neutral and they can't go forward. There's very few of us who can be that broad and say, I'm in the create and hustle business and still progress in those different lanes and spaces. The object is not to be broad. The object is to define your lane. So whereas it may sound broad to you, now I just have to explain it. If I have that pitch, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's not broad at all. You know, you ask me, what's the creating hustle business? My job is creating stuff that helps other people make money. 
-hmm. What does that look like? That's depending on the client and the person I'm working with or mm -hmm. the project I'm working in on at that particular moment. That's a good pitch. I hope you recorded that. Or this is recorded. You need to <laughs> is save it. Recorded? Yeah, yeah. Save yeah. that pitch. Because how you how you put that together right there. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, did. he ran that thing off smooth. I'm like, okay, okay. You know what? I appreciate this conversation because you're right. Like I was going literally, I've changed my my um like, you know, you do your bio on Instagram. And all that. I've changed it so many times. First, I was saying freedom coach. And I had somebody tell me, like, well, what is that? And and even as Shane was speaking, it's okay, I think. See, I like what he said because, he, like he said, he said it may be brought to you, but really it's causing people to ask. So where people would look, maybe, I'm not saying they will, would look over me and say, oh, motivational speaker. But when you say motivational coach or freedom coach, now they got to ask. They, they don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So it kind of gives that little bit of, you do get people to ask questions and you get to, to open up. So I, I let go of Freedom Coach and I was like, okay, it might be confusing to the audience, but he's right. I didn't want to box myself in to motivational speaking. Now I can be honest, a motivational speaker. Now I can be honest, a little bit was rooted in some insecurities, right? Of like, oh who's gonna pay to hear me be a motivational speaker like I'm so much more than that you know a part of that is in me like that little bit of of insecurity like I just look over me but the other the other thing about it is is that I do believe that um capping yourself is hard for me because I'm so out the box right I feel like I niched down when I decided to put all my other talents and gifts on the side because they're they're not they're not my focus, right? But that motivational speaker is something about the underdogs in us. And if you are underdog, you understand. You don't want to be labeled. You don't want to be boxed. You know what I'm saying? Because for underdogs, when when we hear something that's about to cage us, we fighting because we're not about to be caged. I fought too hard to get to where I'm at to be caged. Um. But I, I, I think I really do like motivational coach. I, I, now, talking it out with y'all, it's more of defining, like he said, define who you are. The title that you put on it, it's about how you define. It's about how you define who you are. That really makes a difference. The title could be a title, but when you define who you are, then it's, ju it's just a title, which is so interesting because that's what I help people do is get, get free from their titles. So Getting and probably that getting hung up in titles, you know, is is like a. But it, it works both ways in a lot of ways. Like, um, you said some of the reason why you didn't want to be a motivational speaker because it was rooted in insecurity. Some insecurity, but the other side of that is when people get so caught up in "I'm here, I'm so and so." That's why Vic, I try my best to stray away from that whole doctor thing. Because I see how these guys feel like they're just so hoity-toity and better in life just because you call them Dr. So-and-so. Yes, you can call me Dr. Calhoun because I've earned that credential. But I don't sit there and, and, and hide behind it. I think the, the sweet spot of it all is right there in that moment and in that definition of this is exactly who I am and what I do. And I don't owe you an apology nor an explanation for it. This is, this is what it is. Well, can I say something too? We can't act like um, people don't prejudge you by your title. That's the other thing. That's the other thing. But so if you know who you, you are, like, what does it matter? I don't want to be prejudged. Yeah, but if you know who you are. What does it matter? What Most people don't know who they are. And so this, this, the birth of this conversation has to happen. And it has to happen with you yourself. That's why me time. It goes back to me time. Okay, me time. And... Here's another thing I had in my phone. I had another blew my mind. Um, we got to stop second guessing honesty. Mm -hmm. Like, look at this uh, Richardson situation, the track girl. Um, is it stupid that she's going to get flagged for weed? Yep. Should she have not smoking that weed? Yep. But I, I, I think the bigger problem for me is that there was nobody around her to say, hey, you probably shouldn't be. There was nobody that could pull it back. And I think a lot of times is we escape being 100% honest with ourselves. 
and we second guess the fact that like, you know, this, it is what it is. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a woe is me. I hate life. I'm an awful person situation, but we have to get into the weeds of honesty and, and really understanding like yesterday I learned about myself that I don't respect time. So along with me being so aloof, I have no understanding of how to manage time, how long it takes me to do things, um, how to read time. You know what I'm saying? I don't respect time. So the only way that I'm really going to fix this problem is if I'm honest with myself. And now I can begin to put systems in place to help me fix that problem. But a lot of people don't want to be honest with themselves. Part of those systems, if you can't do it yourself, you get people, people to do it for you, to help you. Because yep. we started off this conversation off, off you know, Mike uh, talking about what you bring to the table, right? Your honesty, that, that, that uh, corrective uh, presence. That is, mm-hmm. that is why I've always appreciated our relationship, our friendship is if, if Vic, hey, hey, that right yep. there that you're doing, pull that something. back. Pull that back, right? No hesitation. Pull that mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. Pull that back, right? Mm-hmm. And and I've appreciated that because in the times, in the instances that I wasn't able to be honest enough with myself to course correct, I got people in my life who will help me to do it. And I think mm-hmm. that that's that's why I wanted to jump into this conversation. Our audience, I know you were listening to us talk about is she a motivational speaker, coach, what any of us, whatever we say we are, doctor, you name it, at the end of the day, you got to have that conversation with yourself first. Then you got to identify and be honest with yourself. What are you able to do versus what you're not? Put systems in place mm-hmm. that'll help you to be the best version of yourself so that you can move forward in whatever space you are carving out. If that's multiple lanes, it's that one lane. If it's a lane nobody's ever heard of or it's a lane that everybody's in. At the end of the day, you got to progress and make your way through. Oh, I mean, like that thing. whole part right there, because that's I, that's Freedom Riders. And I let me tell you something. What I found out about Vic is he can help me at least verbally make it make sense. I feel like I'm the visionary. of like, I know what I'm doing, but if you ask me to put it down, like, to, you know, to sellable or whatever, it's like, I just know I'm doing what I'm called to do, okay? I just know I'm doing purpose. I might not know how to put all the words in together, but like you said, that's when you get people who who can see what you do and be able to verbalize it. And I wanted to say something about honesty. That's everything that you that you just said is freedom riders. Because you, if you're not willing to be honest, see, I had to be honest with me and Vic had the conversation yesterday, and I did. We was on the phone. I was like, uh, I, I said, I said, I don't know where this comes from. Like what? And I said, Oh, I know. And he said, Where? I said, It's an insecurity because. I've always been made to feel like my voice didn't matter. So in my mind, who's going to pay me to be, who's going to pay to hear my voice? Because since little, 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 little friendships, relationships, I always made to feel like my opinion wasn't valuable and what I had to say. And it's interesting because the enemy is always going to attack you where your greatest treasure lies. So he tried to silence me for so long. And then when depression came, that was like the ultimate hit to my voice. Like, oh, and then nobody around you understands you. They're not listening to you. Oh, he's done. But that's where your greatest treasures are. You don't rob an empty house. That's just the bottom line. Ain't nobody robbing an empty house. Mm. 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 That's a what blew your mind right there. Nobody mm. robs an empty house. <laughs> and I mean, but it's it's truth. Like that thing that you're running from the most is what you probably should be doing. Yep. The thing you and I, the thing you're running from the most is what you probably should be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing you most insecure about. I was so I was so insecure to speak up because for whenever it happened, and I know it started from a kid that made me feel like my voice and my pain was insignificant. And then so you get in a space where your purpose is telling you open your mouth, and that's what people like. It's such a shift of perception. And you're, it's in a, such a shift of perception. It's such a shift in how you think. Because what happened was I met the place of either you're going to do what purpose is calling you to do or you're going to believe the lies about your greatest strengths. What you're going to choose, right? So when we had the conversation and I got the aha moment, see, that's one thing about me. 
you ain't got to worry about checking me because me and the Lord going to check me first. He put me through boot camp. Depression was boot camp because I had to check myself. I had to do that. That was a work to sit back and say, um, yeah, you wasn't the perfect wife, sweetheart. Get it together. That was work. But what people don't want to do, they don't want to do the work. And, work, and work. you can't get freedom without being honest. But one thing I tell every single person I work with, we're going to sit here, we're going to have sessions, we're going to talk, but I'm always going to make it about you because the only person you can control is you and the only person you can change. Whoever you griping about, I can't bring them into this session. They didn't sign up with me. So if we get to the end of the line, I'm always going to pull it back to you. I'm attacking who you are so you can become who you want to be. Mm. I'm attacking who you are so you can become who you want to be. Man, let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's let's switch gears just a little bit. It's time to a new segment we want to make sure we we talk about. We always ask our guests to highlight, speak on the things that they're involved in, what they got going on, right? This is our footwork segment. Because you got to be putting in footwork. You're either putting in book work because you're studying, you're learning, or you're putting in footwork. So Ari, tell the people what you got going on, where you've been putting in work. Every day, all day, everywhere, every space. I don't even know how to answer this question. I don't know what this is. This is loaded. Okay. So a couple things. And here goes my phone acting crazy. So I have, I'm in Houston, Texas. So I have um, a, a gathering that I'm speaking at. It's called the Destiny Experience. It's um, August 20th through the 21st. And it's amazing. It's going to be a panel of a lot of phenomenal women. My bad. Chill out. It's okay. Um, we're going to come together and, you know, talk about destiny and how do we experience it and what it looks like. That's, that's that, like I said, August 20th through the 21st. Oh, you can also register like online. So you have to look for it. And then me, myself, personally, I'm doing two different like workshops. One on just business, like business basics. Cause I feel like my greatest strength in business because I've started so many businesses, I've helped people build so many businesses. It's like if you're on the ground floor, or you want to launch your business, or you feel like your business is stagnant, that's where I come in. That's where I thrive. I'm a creative, I'm a visionary. I can come up with all types of solutions and, like, all right, try this, let's go this way. So I'm going to do a business um, one, and then I'm going to do an activate. Activate. It's activating your purpose. Like, get moving. You know what I mean? Sometimes we feel it, but we haven't activated it. We ain't moving. We're not doing nothing. We ain't taking no steps. So I want to create a space where, all right, you feel purpose, but what's next? You get what I'm saying? Because you feel it. Like, we all feel that bubbling, but what's next? So so it's time to activate your purpose. So those two those two things are happening this month. Um, the business, um, back, uh, business basics, then activate your purpose. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Shane. Footwork, uh, where are you uh, at? Footwork. So I, I don't know if I said on ear, but the book, uh, Popular Music, Action-Based Research, that I wrote the chapter in, is coming out August 1st on F-Flats Publishing. I'm down there on the site now seeing what's out there. Um, I've launched my music education blog. It's called musicedblog.com. I'm working on one more post to go up and then that will be live and I still got to get the, um, just get some domain issues straightened out, but that's, that's going live, um, this week. And that's, that's kind of like that, what we were talking about, where we're tackling our greatest fears, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> academia has a way of making you feel small. So I guess my blog is my way of saying, Hey, stick you guys. And I, I'm being nice. Cause we have, uh, and a pastor in the phone. Um, <laughs> not a pastor. I'm speaking it into existence. Y'all be extra. Let me tell you about. It. I'm not trying to get there, right? Like, not. Oh, hey, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. So that's my ode to you know being you know stepping out there and and and, and going against the grain. And then also, I've talked about it, but I've never actually say it said it before. The song at the end of the podcast, go by CJ DeJour. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. Go stream it. Go buy it. My, my wife wrote and sung the song and I produced the record. So um, I've never actually promoted it. So this segment is good. I can just stay in that lane for weeks now. Go stream and like the song. Um, yeah. What about you, bro? Footwork. I have a question for you once you tell us, because I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you tell us, because if you don't, I'm going to tell. And then I have a question. Tell it. 
All right. All right. So uh, first and foremost, my I officially launched my website, my business as a motivational speaker first. And I go back to that conversation we just had. You called me. You said, I know a bunch of motivational speakers. Right. And we went on this circle. I went on this circle of journey of, all right, well, I'm going to change it up. I'm going to try to be different. At the end of the day, like you said, something keeps calling you. Well, what keeps calling me and what people call me for is motivation. That's who I am. I'm a motivational speaker and I'm different. You're going to get something different when you come deal with me. And you know that, right? So I launched my business, my website, uh, elevatedauthority.com, elevatedauthority.com, because I believe you have to elevate with authority, which authority means to give power to. So you are giving power with yourself to elevate. And I want to help you get there. So let's elevate together. So that's first and foremost. You can catch that elevatedauthority.com. Also, I, um, I have been putting in some footwork with my kids and I want to share this because I'm proud of it. My kids are in the process of starting their own businesses. Uh, what started out as passion projects. My son is studying in college uh, IT and so he's learning how to build websites and he's going to start his own business where he uh, builds websites uh, for people and helps them with social media marketing. My daughter makes custom rugs, rugs by Naya. You can find her on IG. She's a graphic designer uh, and photographer. So she can take art and turn it into a custom rug. So if you go on IG, rugs by Naya, N-A-Y-A, you'll see the work that she's been putting in. She has a YouTube channel. She has thousands of followers. She's got sponsorships. She is killing the game and she just officially launched her business. And so we are building that up. So that's the work that I've been putting in behind the scenes. Now I'm curious to hear what's this question that you got. So, um, rugs by Naya, how do you spell it? R U G S B Y N A Y A. Yo, her stuff is dope. Are you kidding yeah, me? We may get a joint for um for the crib. Yeah, I'm about to get one for my daughter. This is wild. Oh, by N A Y A. N A Y A. Rugs by Naya on IG. It's not popping up here, but it just be. Oh, it's on IG. Okay, on okay. IG. My bad. I wasn't listening to that part. So um, I also noticed um you've been jumping out the box with a lot of sales talk here. And Miss Ariana, you didn't plug your Freedom Riders conversation every morning at 6 a.m. Oh. And that's- 30 minutes. Huh? 30 minutes of morning motivation. 30 minutes of morning motivation. Every morning, Clubhouse vibes. We need me in the club. It goes down. Yes, I'm sorry. I thought about that. Yeah, all of that. And and I noticed that you hopped in, that, in there this week. And you did a lot of sales coaching and sales training. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's the difference between selling and marketing? Ooh, ooh, big difference, big difference. All right. And I knew there was, but I just, I, I just, because I would say right now I'm at a phase where I would rather focus on my marketing stuff. I don't like selling stuff. And I'm, As most people don't. Yeah. But yeah, explain to me the difference. So marketing is making people aware you exist. Mm -hmm. Marketing is all about putting your brand out there, your mission, your core values so that people can connect with it. Marketing is about telling you and or your business's story because people like stories. That's the marketing pieces is increasing awareness because you can't be the best kept secret. Mm -hmm. Sales is now that they've become familiar with your brand and who you are, you got to take them from being a lead, which people, I'm going to educate you real quick. There's a difference between a lead, a prospect, and a customer. And too many people are confusing the term. So a lead is just anything, any idea, a phone number, a name, a referral that you have not qualified. And there's that key piece that you got to determine. Does it make sense for us to work together? A prospect is after you've qualified them you know that it does make sense to work with them because you can't help them. And a customer is they bought from you, but what you got to figure out is your own business model. Does, do I offer a service where it's just a one and done or do I offer a service where with the same customer, I can do repeat business and people don't go that far. So why I jumped out there to teach people sales is that I want to teach you how to be a technician in selling people so that you can enjoy it. And if you learn the steps, just like you teach a player, a play there are steps to score 
That's what a sales cycle is and why you have to understand your own sales cycle. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's safe to say that marketing comes before sale. That is Mm -hmm. very safe to say. Mm -hmm. However, Mm -hmm. in your sales process, you still market yourself because oftentimes you're building a level of trust with a client where they become more and more aware of everything you have to offer. Marketing, but yeah, marketing is is is, is a never ending process in real life. Exactly, it's yeah. never ending. Okay, yeah. Exactly. So I think I'm just gonna be in a season of marketing for right now. Um, I would oh, challenge you to good. yes, be in a season of marketing, but have your sales process ready for when people go. Oh yeah, I like. Oh no that. no no, on, you you have you have the sales stuff in place. You have stuff for them to buy, but again, back to knowing myself. I'm very good. Like on Facebook, I'm seeing a lot of congratulations to so-and-so who is now in the executive committee of so-and-so. Congratulations this, congratulations that. And I literally was nominated to an executive board last year and never said anything. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's sitting here and I'm like, I'm, I'm a part of an international organization and I just never told anybody. How much of that crap, back to the honesty, how much of that crap do I have in my closet that I just never told anybody? So the world's best kept secret. The world, yeah, that that don't make you no money. Yeah. No, you gotta be ready. I, I, I like that you said that. The truth of the matter is, is you gotta be ready to expose yourself. Yeah. Too many times we good at playing like background. I'm gonna say this, and I don't know where yeah. we're going. You know, next, but you used to playing background. I had to get out of that. I was, yeah. I was such a good cheerleader. I was such a good pusher for everybody else, and then you realize you done builds up and have this great resume and there's just always a shift where you go from the background to the forefront yeah and then you got to bring all the i call it artillery like but it's cool though because when you do play background when you come out you got ammo for days like you you know you you got some people who try to be out too quick you yeah. know they try to they try to be out of you know but those of us who like nah but then you got to realize when it is shifting season of like all right it's time for me to come out. You know, it's time for me to put myself out there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ari, we appreciate you coming on the show. It's been so dope having this conversation. I knew it was going to be ever since we connected. Your energy uh, is always contagious. So keep that same energy. But there are people out there in our audience who possibly want to connect with you. Tell the people how they can find you. Where can they find you? Super simple. On every platform, from Twitter, from Clubhouse, from IG, I'm smart. I do this smart. Freedom Riders is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. You can find me on every uh, platform. But let me spell it out. It's freedom, the word freedom. So F-R-E-E-D-O-M. But Riders is spelled R-I-D-A-H-S. And so, yes, we Riders. It's a little bit different, so I have people confusing it. But you can find me on everywhere, Facebook, IG, Clubhouse, Twitter, anywhere. And then even if you wanted to email me, it's the same, freedomwriters at gmail.com. So I so enjoyed the conversation. I was like, man, if we go any deeper, like, yeah, this is going to be a 17 hour conversation right now. So, but I, I would be uh, totally honored for anybody who feels like they're, they're ready to experience that freedom. Definitely reach out to me. Absolutely. That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, again, we appreciate you coming on the show. We always like to close out every episode with a quote that I found that definitely goes with the conversation. Quote today is, step so far outside of your comfort zone that you forget how to get back. Step so far out of your comfort zone that you forget how to get back. Mm-hmm. Hey, talking to you right now. Yeah, you, whoever you are, you got to take that leap of faith. You got to step outside of that comfort zone because, man, there's something great, something great on the other side of that. To our audience, as always, thank you for rocking with us. We are coming to the end of season one, so you're going to see a couple more episodes posted, promoted, uh, but we are getting ready for season two, and we got some exciting things happening in season two. You don't want to miss it, so stay connected. We won't leave you for too long. Like I said, this is a good time for our audience. Go check out all the episodes that you missed from season one if you haven't already. Here's also an opportunity to like, subscribe, share the show, Give us a rating on iTunes so we can continue to move up the charts. People are catching hold of purpose addicts. They want to become purpose addicts because they want to learn how to live life on purpose. So don't be selfish. Share that with three people. As always, we appreciate you rocking with us. We out.
Enjoy.